0: Minds and Minds Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast.
1: Wrestling Podcast Podcast. Wrestling Podcast Podcast. Wrestling Podcast, this is Tights and Fights. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the Ayatollah of Pod and Trolla, Hal Lublin. <laughs> Every time, it's a, such a journey to read these. I'm joined in the booth by my fellow members of the nation of conversation, the last of a trying breed, Danielle Radford. Hello. And the A-plus lister, Mike Eagle. I like that. That's a good We'll stick <laughs> with that good. one from now right. on. <laughs> Permanent. It's Every week. Ratified <laughs> by Mike himself. I am quorum. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good movie. I finally saw it this weekend. The zombies are the heroes. This week... We're going to do things a little differently than normal, and that's because we've got a special guest. Colt Cabana is an independent wrestler who's currently working at Ring of Honor and Global Force Wrestling. He's also the host of the long-running Art of Wrestling podcast. Colt Cabana joins us here in the studio Welcome to Tights and Fights. Cole, it's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Hi, Cole. Hello, Cole. Also, yeah. if you guys are,
2: what was it, the nation of what?
0: Conversation. Conversation. If you guys
2: are the nation. I, I'm like the crush of this nation of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> think he was the one white guy in that. Well, movie. Owen Hart. <laughs> Owen Hart. Was, yeah. Owen Hart was the what guy. We, yeah. What it was like Savio, Farouk, and randomly crush? I was like, this isn't as good. <laughs> <laughs> The
1: Rock and Farouk. Oh, they don't have anything for him to do. (laughs) All right, you're with these guys. Okay, whatever you want. This doesn't seem to fit. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever he's, as long as the check's still clear. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, uh, we're going to be discussing a ton of wrestling stuff with you, but we should also note that you've got a new documentary film coming out soon. Oh, it's it's out. Yeah, It's out. It's out now. Yay! Guys, it's it's coming soon because it's already here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, over the course of that sentence, it was released. Uh, It's entitled (laughs) Wrestling Road Diaries 3, and this one stars Cabana, along with Japan's Kikutaro and Scotland's Grado. The three of them travel to a bunch of wrestling shows, showcasing the joy of independent and comedic wrestling for the world to enjoy. Here's a clip for you. When you are naturally enjoying and loving what you're doing, that's when people gravitate towards you. So if I'm putting on some kind of false,
2: you know, uh, kind of match, something that I'm not into, that I'm just playing this character that's just not something in my heart, people see that's not in your heart. And I feel that's why I've had a lot of success, is because. It is in my heart, like, when I'm smiling out there, it's a real smile, I'm probably making myself laugh and making my opponent laugh, and uh, if I'm making myself and my opponent and the referee laugh, well, you know I'm making the fans laugh, and then, you know, that's, that equals good times, that equals ticket sales, that equals fans, and hopefully fans for life. (laughs) Oh Oh my god. (laughs) That
0: was true drama in this comedy slash documentary. You let it out, man. This is is a safe space for crying.
2: Thank you, oh, man.
0: I think we need that background music that was just in that clip. We need to be able to just play that in the studio oh, yeah, needs yeah. to be, when we have a moment. That's like the opposite of
2: New
1: Jack when his music was just playing <laughs> <by their laughs> matches. Uh, so, <laughs> for people who are unfamiliar. Um, who are these people? Who, <laughs> fuck guys. <these> people? <laughs> guys, fuck you, first of all. Uh, but this is the third installment in the Wrestling Road Diary series. Uh Can you tell us how this one's different from the predecessors, maybe a little bit of what was in one and two? Yeah, so the overlying theme of all of the Wrestling Road Diaries is this is the life of the independent wrestler. Uh,
2: I always say that people hear the word independent wrestling, but they just, like, that's all they know is the word. And unless you're, like, deep inside the world of it, you really have no clue what's going on. And crazy enough for me, like, I've been wrestling eighteen almost 18 years now. Two of those were in the WWE, so 16 of those were, like, on this weird, wild journey. And... Uh, the first one was Daniel Bryan and I, when he was Bryan Danielson on the in the independent circuit. We had this idea of, like, traveling around for three months in an RV and recording it. Then we realized, like, oh, we're both broke, and uh, how <laughs> would how, how we do this? <laughs> this makes no sense. So we did a, a 10-day one, and that, that was the first one, and we filmed it. And that was just the life. The second one was uh, Doc Gallows and Domino from Deuce and Domino in the WWE. They had been fired, and this this was, like— this is what the life on the independent wrestling scene is like, coming f- coming from wrestling in places like the Allstate Arena and Madison Square Garden, and now wrestling in your local VFW hall, which I know oh so well.
3: <laughs> and
2: this third one is I, I fancy myself a comedy wrestler. I, I consider myself a comedian. My stage is the wrestling ring. And uh, there's a couple other people out there in that world. It's a very small, weird niche within the whole genre or subcontext of independent wrestling and so that's what we do we kind of dissect it a little bit we show why why we do it we show how hard it is to do a lot of people think like it's just a crutch if you're a bad wrestler where it's completely almost the opposite it's like it's it's such a hard thing to be able to master because not only do you have you have to be a great wrestler and then also on top of that you have to be a comedian on top of great wrestling so um yeah we traveled around i found my two friends brought them over to america and we uh we we did the loop (laughs) Nope. Thank yeah.
1: I, I love um, in talking about that, that'll sort of lead us into our next question, the way you guys discuss the psychology of a, of a comedy match and that, that it's actually key in a way, like you said, that people don't consider that taking something that might be um, a, a normal spot and turning, on, turning it on its ear. But you've got to have it in there first and understand how to get through an entire story. So let me ask you this, as somebody who you, you've done stand up before. You've done oh, stand up. I mean
0: <laughs> I, I
2: I told I told wrestling jokes opening for Mick Foley. So
1: I heard this story you were telling Santino Morella about this. Yeah,
2: I don't consider myself a stand up. I think I have too much respect for a stand I think I know I have too much respect. <laughs> to. <laughs> but yeah, I, and, and then I, I do improv stuff. Like I go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I have a comedy show where we kind of like improv off of wrestling and uh but now, but I I've dove into the weird world, but I always keep wrestling It's always within the context of professional wrestling.
1: But with that in mind, have you noticed similarities in how you would put together a bit for the stage versus putting together a bit in the ring? Where where are the areas where it's similar rather than divergent, obviously? And I think
2: that's why, like, I'm different from someone who would just like oh this is my first time on stage because I've been a performer and I've had the idea of putting these pieces together and mapping it together and knowing the psychology of stage uh, theatrics or whatever you know whatever it might be so when I do come on the stage I always I do have those thoughts in my head and I do think about that stuff and I think that's where I have the advantage of like an open micer, not to confuse with an open micer eagle.
0: Yeah, don't do that.
3: <laughs>
0: Nobody else make that mistake ever again. Thank you.
3: I'm I totally coming it. to one of your shows. Just be on the mic. I got a hot three.
1: <laughs> then you should get up and do it. Then I will let you.
3: <laughs> okay, so don't do it if you're not me, guys.
1: Okay. Can I show up with a cocktail napkin with some ideas and really shaky hands? Absolutely. And just say, "Let's see what else for three minutes." <laughs> Sometimes I would prefer
0: that to performing. Having you uh, <laughs> with a shaky hand, reading your ideas off a napkin.
3: <laughs> what else did I want to talk about today? Yeah. Ooh,
1: what what else? I went to the mall recent. Now that one sucks. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this: Is somebody who who is a fan of comedy as well, which all of us are, I think. No, what? I hate it. <laughs> 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 Mike, can't stand comedy. I can hate it. You hate it so much. I do. So. What, why?
0: Uh, laughter is toxic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, y'all are poisoning me right yeah. now. Put that, that sounds on a, like a yeah. song,
1: I'll be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like <laughs> yes. <Laughter> Where's <laughs> my cocktail napkin? I need to yeah. jot this down here. for later. Let
1: me shake it over to you. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Colt, what do you think comedy adds to wrestling? And what do you think wrestling adds to comedy? Ooh, right? Well, so years
2: ago, I started being a comedy wrestler because everyone was so serious on the wrestling scene. This was like, you know, I kind of discovered that I wanted to be a comedy wrestler in 2004. I started wrestling in 1999, so I was like a basic wrestler for a long time. And then I had this one thing where I was wrestling AJ Styles and we did this one spot, and then I just stuck out my foot and I tripped him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds really funny still. <laughs> and the crowd,
2: it was the biggest reaction I had ever had. And I had done, like, cr- like Punk and I, like, we suplexed each other off of, like, Pepsi machines in Minnesota, like, in the early 2000s. We, I've done some crazy stuff. And, like, for all the crazy stuff and all the times I, like, hurt my back or my knee or my whatever— For some reason, the best reaction I ever got was by tripping this asshole, so... (laughs) (laughs) I was really like, whoa, and it, like, hit me, and so I think the idea that, like, at that time, there wasn't a lot of that kind of in the scene, that's kind of what I liked about it, that I could bring wrestling... Like, no one was doing it, so it would be so fresh to bring comedy into the wrestling, and now there's a lot... There is a lot of it now on the scene, but, uh, you know, luckily for me, I've got, you know... 15, 12, 13, 14 years of really exploring that space. Um, and also I think it's important because we always say that wrestling is like um, Dr. Tom Pritchard, who was one of my trainers in uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, he was always like 31 Flavors, Baskin-Robbins. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't, not everyone loves chocolate, not everyone v- vanilla. You, you need it all. And we always also say it's like the circus. So there, need, you just, there needs to be a little bit of everything. And wrestling's subjective, so people can have their favorites. If someone is like... And not many have ever said this, but if someone's like, Braun Strowman is my favorite wrestler ever, and they say he's the best, if that person believes it, then yeah, he is the best wrestler to that person. Right. And this is a fictitious person I made up because no one actually.
1: (laughs) We checked right before we came into the room and nobody was into it. Let me, you brought up, it's really interesting to me that that first sort of spark of doing comedy came in a match with AJ Styles. And the reason why I say that is he seems like the kind of guy and this this comes up in the in the film too that Hey Cole, why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> hey Cole, I
2: was gonna do a moonsault and a Pele kick and a flip <laughs> and you trip me, man. Not cool. But he said, "But you, Jesus is not a fan of that."
1: <laughs> I know
2: you're Jewish, Colt, and I think you think my God is funny.
1: But you. <laughs> now stop davening. <laughs> <laughs> Do, is that what you're gonna ask? <laughs> I was gonna ask, uh, were you doffening all the time? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, what I was gonna ask. You, you bring up the 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 point in the documentary that. That you need a good straight man. You need a good straight person to pull a comedy bit off, and the reaction of the other person. You better is be
2: straight. I don't want.
0: <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> All coming out. Now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, AJ Styles in particular on SmackDown, the stuff he's doing with Dean Ambrose and, and James Ellsworth pulls off well as a comedy bit because he sells it. He's willing to play it straight. So was he? Was he a good? Yeah, straight he's a man? great straight man, especially
2: because he's so good at what he does. Yeah. That you're just, you never expect. And those are the best ones. And I always say I had two guys that I, that were my favorite straight guys ever. Uh, and uh, saying that just sounds weird. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Two of my favorite straight wrestlers ever <laughs> um, uh, Adam Pierce and Sean Spears, who is now Ty Dillinger in NXT. Oh, yeah. And they, it's just like, the people don't, the fans don't think that they're comedy wrestlers, but they are within that context of that match with me that I'm doing the silliness. They are so good and that's what's great about them is no one even thinks that they're doing comedy, but they are. And, uh, and because, yeah, the, I mean, the the more different the characters are, the better it is. And I think that's so important is, that's the fun part of wrestling is all the different characters. And there's a lot of times where promoters will want to put me with another goofy guy and be like, give us the funniest match ever. <laughs> and it's like, well, we're both kind of the same thing. And so like a lot of, it's hard. I mean, we could do it. But just the total opposites of the spectrum, I think, is when you get the most out of them.
0: Because that other person's reaction is part of the joke, right? Yeah, and yes. if they're both too silly, then it's not going to play mm. that well. Because yeah.
2: then you need that reaction almost like you, you got to— the reaction then has to be the audience is giving right. you that reaction right. because no one's giving you that reaction because they're both too silly guys. It's good.
0: Speaking of AJ, I mean, I was thinking, too, you've been through the WWE system— um, and at that time they they struggled to kind of find a place that works for you and now you you're away from that and what do you think of all of the comedy that they're doing? Now? they're doing so much comedy. like what do, what do you think of of that?
2: Uh, mm, I, I don't know how much exactly i'm watching right, uh, right. that's that's <laughs> very fair about this it's very fair <laughs>
0: um,
2: <laughs> I, but obviously being in the world and seeing the facebook and i do see the the you know the memes and and i do see their posts on facebook and sure. stuff but yeah I, there's a, like I said, there's a, you, there's there's a place for it, but you know it's it, there shouldn't be seventy five percent of it. Right. It should have its place on the card. And of course you just want all different types of things. So if
1: they're going deep in comedy, and you know sometimes it's hard to then take someone super serious. Right. Are there promotions out there? Are there independent promotions that are like we're the comedy promotion? Or we're going to try to go up and down the card with with comedy matches. I think Chikara, Chikara tries to yeah. Yeah. Off. Chikara for yeah. sure. Heck yeah.
2: And God, there's one. Uh, oh, I can't think of. There was one in. Um, in England, and, like, their whole thing was, like, a, a video game. I can't remember. Like, their YouTube, it was, like, Arcade Pro or something. <laughs> and, like, on the on the DVD, like, in the upper corner was, like, their score and their power bar. And, like, it kind of looked like Mortal <laughs> Kombat, you know? Uh, wow. So there's people playing with the genre, trying to do something different. I think yeah. that's what it is, trying to do something different. And even Lucha Vivoom, which I've done a lot, you know, the context is all, like, burlesque and comedy. But e- even there... There's some serious people because you need the serious in order to have the comedy.
1: Right. Yeah. Flipping it for a second, what do you think wrestling has contributed and continues to contribute to comedy? The
2: Rock.
3: Yeah. That's
1: pretty much <laughs> right, it. moving That's on. It. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Roddy
0: Piper was on It's Always
1: Sunny a couple times. Yeah. That was pretty good.
3: Piper was dope That's on Sunny. It yeah. was great.
1: I do think that there, it also kind of brings back a style of slapstick that we don't see anymore. Like that idea of, Of it's the same as doing live theater where you have to play stuff for the back of the room, Mm -hmm. so that really
3: big physical comedy.
1: It's not something you see on television or in film as much anymore, unless it's like Jim Carrey, and even that is specifically his style. But that like slapstick, larger, make sure the whole room sees it kind of stuff, yeah,
2: it's kind of vaudeville, Mm -hmm. you know, or uh, Panama. When I did England, people would say it's like Panamine type type stuff, which is a thing that they do in England, um, and then but also. I remember hearing once that, like a director, uh, Steve Austin was on the set of like, maybe he or Bret Hart, where they back in the day they did like those USA shows. I think it was like a Wild West show. I don't know if anyone remembers exactly which that is. He was on Walker, Texas Ranger. It might for a have while, been right? that. I yeah. don't know, but the idea that like the director was just like, I can't believe this guy just gets this done in one take. He's, like, the greatest actor ever. (laughs) (laughs) And then they realize, like, oh, yeah, these guys do this live every single night, every single Monday, and then they're on the road. And the idea, like, wrestlers just do reps and reps and reps and reps, and so uh, they get so much practice at essentially physical theater that if you are someone with a little side of humor, that then, you know, you could be doing reps of physical, you know, comedy theater. And so you're just getting a lot of reps and it makes you a better performer. So when you put when you take that to the outside world, if someone casts you in something different, you br- you bring such an element that maybe so many people don't have. And it's always surprising to the other side of the world because wrestling is just the redhead stepchild of everything, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. They right. can't believe that that these wrestlers are capable of anything.
3: Which is funny because, like, and there, there have actually been articles about it. How many of us comedians are so into wrestling and have been into wrestling like our entire lives because we see a lot of the parallels? I know a, like a million comics who are super into wrestling mm-hmm. over like a lot
2: of other people. And I it's know. fun for me and wrestlers who are are like minded that we we become friends because we all have such parallel thinking right. and like we get it, you know, like and we get the lifestyle and yeah. it's just um, it makes for a fun little community, which is not just the wrestling community, which is now. Almost bigger. It's the performing community.
3: Yeah. Along yeah. with like burlesque and, um, you know, people who shove shit into their faces at cons. Well,
2: do you know another one that I found <laughs> recently? Wait a minute. What? <laughs>
3: you know, the dudes with the nails. The nail uh, dudes. You never okay. go
1: to shit shoving con? It's
3: in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. and I just can't... bang, bang, bang. <laughs> shit in the face. I really never, want no. to.
1: Is that where just a pile of shit will sign eight by tens <laughs> <Yeah>. for $20? <laughs>
3: And they look really bored while they're doing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, they're just looking around. <laughs> oh, who shit? Yeah, I'm AJ Styles. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he got rid of
2: me in uh, April 2012, and I've just been making the circuits. You, know? <laughs> you can take a picture with me, 15 for a combo if you want.
1: <laughs> and then over there is Gil Gerard TV's Buck Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> he he got booked here by mistake. Uh, Uh, I was going to say, one one other person that I didn't think
2: that we all have uh, this world in common, and I was talking to a friend the other day, is chefs. Yep. Chefs are another one. Oh, yeah.
3: Same, like, weird, crazy lifestyle. Same, like, weird, crazy dedication to making this thing um, that is supposed to feel like it's new every time for Mm -hmm. the people who are watching it, but that we do, like, every night.
2: Yeah, and it's like an underground, there is like an alternative scene to Cheffery. Yeah, <laughs> which
3: is crazy. They just like, will meet up at each other's homes and be like, bring everything. We're just fucking around oh. and then be up until like five in the morning, just making stuff and getting drunk oh, on great wine.
2: you had that skill. I wish oh. I was good at something.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, here's something you're good at. I have it here written on a piece of paper. <laughs> well, You've got a big following uh, online got a pretty big fan base you got a lot of followers on twitter don't don't please we can't know it's true (laughs) but uh what is your relationship to smart fans so uh it's kind of funny i got an email today from
2: a from a filmmaker and he's like right is this something i'll talk about it but it's He's like, hey, Scott, blah, 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 blah. And and he had this whole thing he wrote to me, and I just wrote back to him, my name is Colt. Oof. And it's just like, we get it. You looked on the internet, and you found that my name was Scott, but I have never once told you my name is Scott. (laughs) We don't have that kind (laughs) of relationship. Mm. You've known me for X amount of years as Colt. You don't. You don't email Carrot Top and say, hey, Scott, which is weird that we're all named Scott. Or <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a weird power. You can only think of examples of people
2: yeah. who are named Scott. That's great. <laughs> the other one I had for years was Kimbo Slice, but he's passed, so I don't. We don't, you know. Is he Scott? He's not a Scott. No, he's not. But he's got a different, like, you would never call him James or whatever his name is. No, because you get your ass beat.
3: (laughs) You get your ass straight beat.
2: I'd like to think that I would beat (laughs) some asses too, right? What are you saying? What are you saying? That's true. That's true. But you
3: would do it in a really funny way. Yeah. They'd be like, ah, this is so funny. Bam, 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 in my face.
2: Yeah, more like sarcastic and like kind of (laughs) shitty, but with a smile on my face.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, for me, like,
2: I don't know. I I appreciate it because I was one as a kid. I loved it. I love the inside terms of it. But when you're around the wrestlers, like I think a lot of fans think they impress wrestlers by using inside mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. inside terms, and angles and kayfabe and saying those words. Oh my God! I'm gonna try to use every word the rest <laughs> yeah. of the time you're here. <laughs> hey guys,
3: look at all this stuff I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and to wrestlers, it just makes us. It turn. It's that's what I know to turn you off. You know, like yeah. right away. That switch goes from like, "Oh my god, you're a great fan. I love your support. I love how much you love wrestling." to like, oh, man." <laughs> well,
1: I feel like the the sing <laughs> <laughs> in particular, like the it's it's a problem of a fan base and this is everything I made, mean, you know, doing Thrilling Adventure Hour and Night Vale yeah, for yeah. for years and years. People have ideas and they get invested mm. in the product and they they feel an ownership take of an it. Ownership, and man. then in, in wrestling, it's that added thing. And I've been through it, too. I mean, you came up. You started in 99, mm-hmm. you said. So you came up in, like, the era of the smart fan because we all have the Internet. And I read all of that stuff because I'm, I'm intensely interested in the idea of how a show is put together. But I don't—as I, somebody who performs— and I, I got to go backstage at a WWE event a couple Stop times. Stop bragging. Look, <laughs> I, well, let's just say I spent several hours in catering and ate you a and lot I'm of food. Oh, oh, get that salami! So get that salami! But like, I don't. I, I would never think to go up to a performer and and act like I know what it is to do what they do. Yeah, because it's I, I'm interested and would love to learn about it, but and i like any fan i have i de- like this is this is what i think should happen and this is what i think would be an interesting story but that's an opinion as a fan and for me to go up to you and go like hey uh, whatever inside term I use to let you know that I've read a website. Oh, uh, you should have put heat on him when you were, <laughs> oh, when you were blading. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you schmoz all over the uh, ring apron? Like, but, That's a word you made up. <laughs> schmoz? Yeah. Oh, maybe they, you used it in the wrong context. Yeah, of course yeah, I did. Because
2: okay. <laughs> I'm the stupid smart friend. Yeah, But, but I, I love the idea of a smart mart Just outside just outside the world in their own world and i love the idea that that you can find a community and you can talk and right that's great but when you try to make that weird that relationship with me personally and i have great relationships with fans and i think it's the one that just recognizes just like oh i'll just be a normal person to the to colts and he'll like me for whatever my attributes are which Mm -hmm. aren't like hey i'm trying to impress you and that goes for everything right i just like i like people who aren't putting on a show or trying to impress me with anything. or are just themselves. Sure. And I think that's how the that's how the world works.
1: You just, <laughs> I, in my head, I don't know. Yeah.
2: And then that way,
1: that's how you make friends. And, <laughs> but, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> By no. being a person? Right. Yeah. I being normal. I do want to say to my credit, I kept it together really well and made some friends. But uh, one time I saw Ric Flair at an airport and I did call him champ. I couldn't help it. I couldn't oh. help it. He was in front of me in security and I was like, do I... Uh, I, I may never see him again. Yeah, well, let's. can we role-play it? I'll be Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. And I'll... Ah! All right, hold on. Hey. oh Tyson tie- <laughs> Feist die- tie- <laughs> Theater. Here we go. There we go. Here we go. Tyson Theater. All right. All right. Going through my back, TSA. Uh, hey, champ, I just want to let you know I really appreciate all your work. Oh, I don't know if I like that one. I know. It was bad. <laughs> but I didn't know what to say. I did not ask for a picture or
2: an autograph. Because here, I'll give you the situation, which I think is appropriate, which happened to me a couple weeks ago. Okay. As I was walking down the TSA line, I saw Saw somebody I I that I didn't know but I knew and I looked at him, I go, Sinbad, what's up, buddy? And he <laughs> walked by, he gave me a nod, and that was it. Yeah. It was
3: great. <laughs> oh my it. God. I I need to see the you and Sinbad <laughs> nod in my life. <laughs> yeah. I've never knew I needed that before. Mm. And now I know I mm. need to see that. See, I
2: think if you cross flare and you said, Hey champ, and he and he just goes, Oh hey. But you know, it's that champ and then followed by other, so it was like that first one is kind of weird.
1: Right, although I wasn't looking for a conversation. I just wanted to say, because I like it when somebody comes up and says, I appreciate your work, mm-hmm. so I always yes, think, like, oh yeah, that's all I said, and then see you right, later. but
2: Ric Flair is crazy, so.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm not I, yeah. normal. <laughs> I, There's nothing, I, d- look, I handled it right. You heard it here. <laughs> I saw John Laurinaitis in an
0: airport, and I gave him a hug, and I don't even think I like him, but, but I I'm <laughs> like, don't John Laurinaitis? What the on, fuck, you. I'm not gonna hug Johnny Ace? Give me a hug. Come on. <laughs> a 2 <two-handed laughs> Hug? Oh, two. Yeah, I Just, gave him. Oh. No, no, no. I, I, I um, the I said, look, handshake. Yeah, there was a handshake pull-in. Yeah, nice. you're right. But okay, in, we'll my mind, yeah, in my mind, yeah. in my mind, I closed my eyes
1: sweet sweet and put my arms around that Ace. I want to carry you off like a baby,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Ace. I want to live in your in your total diva's house. No, I don't. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, Danielle, go. I to
3: Give me, give me all that Tote Bella house. I don't want to. will live in John Cena's garage to take your shoes off. You gonna put in that
2: bathroom? Oh, do, I, do you know that story? Has that been told? The pooing
3: in the bathroom? What?
2: Oh, mm. that's an inside information that I don't know I'm allowed to tell,
3: but I'll tell it anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Exclusives! <laughs> the uh, the, he, the crew used to go to the bathroom in his house, and uh, he he somebody stuffed it up, and he's like, no more, and now they have porta-potties on the outside. Wow. No that's more! That's
3: the most accurate story. Yeah. Like there, that's no, oh my God, that feels so right in my heart. Sounds right, doesn't it? It just feels right.
2: <laughs> Shoes off, no pooping.
3: Does he make <laughs> next we have to find out if he makes them also dress up for formal dinner? <laughs> like, does the crew have to wear tuxes? I have so many questions. They did when and they went to the a... bathroom.
2: Yeah. He's got a cl- He's like, go in the tuxedo closet. <laughs>
1: <get your size." laughs>
3: okay, they're and they are arranged by size, yeah. fellas, so make sure you put it back after you get it cleaned.
1: <laughs> uh, why can't they just have an episode where it's him talking? All right. I know somebody took a crap in my bathroom because it got stopped up. And I don't go but once a week.
2: Yeah. So which one of you
1: was it? And, my, and, and Nikki never goes. Nikki never goes. <laughs> I made her sign a contract. <laughs> She's not allowed to go. It's part of the agreement.
3: Well, Nicole, you signed the contract. And, um, I think it's been agreed that you're just going to shit on the road. And that's okay. No, she doesn't shit at all. <laughs> just in never. my
1: head, Nikki Bella doesn't shit No, at all, right? Yeah, she had an incinerator installed yeah. in her gut.
3: Mm, that girl eats kale. She shits, yeah. <laughs> that is a kale-eaten woman.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you something else about the fans. We've got so far away from it. All right, there's, so a, there's a scene in your film uh, where you're dealing with hecklers mm. in the crowd. Um, on the one hand, you want the fans to react to what you're doing, but sometimes it's fans being rude and putting themselves over instead of actually being involved in the match. Where do you find that line for you personally? Where, When is it okay or not okay to sort of jump in? Well,
2: the reality is, is you pay your money and we're like interactive theater. So like, yeah, you should just be able to do whatever you want, I guess. But there is always like, as performers, it's like, just go along with the show. Just boo the baddies and, and cheer the goodies. <laughs> like, that's what we want. And like, you know, like for a long time, if you remember, like TNA had that heel section and like it was just like these guys that just all cheered the heels and it just yeah. like throws the mojo of like what you're trying to do just out the window because they want to be part they want to be part of the show but on the other hand like ECW was so great because it was the audience was essentially part of the show and i think on these hipster shows that i do like it's so great cuz the the fans are just so in it and willing to go with everything essentially they're part of the show like so i do think like yeah become part of the show but like for the sake of us we just you know
1: be on the right part of the
2: show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the challenge, though. That's part of the thing of the smart fan, maybe, where that, that's like the dark side of it, right? Where they come in and they're like, I know because uh, I've been on a message board mm-hmm. what's really going on here. So I'm going to dictate now. But you, you know
0: what they used to do in ECW to get around that is those guys would go out there and know exactly what to say to piss those people off. Right. Like they would get heat. With that audience, and that, and you would do that by shitting on what they say on the message boards. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're like, guys, now they want to come out and be cool and shit, and it's it's easier for people to cheer those kind of heels. But if you come out and get heat with that audience, I mean, I don't know. I feel like then you're there.
3: You I, I do. One thing that ir- irritates the crap out of me is when someone especially it happens with Bailey a lot where like Bailey will be in the ring and people be like hey we want some Bailey and it's like you you have her she's right here (laughs) (laughs) can you let her talk now she's literally right here You, you have her and that seems to happen like a lot. Like I think that happened um when with the when Taker came back and everyone was like Undertaker I was like that's dope. He was literally in the middle of the sentence though.
2: Oh, I thought they were like hey, we want Undertaker. <laughs> hey,
3: we want some Taker. And he just starts pooty popping. That that's tight. just me. <laughs> Those are just things I
0: think. Oh my god, if Taker would twerk one time. Right? One time. That's all. That's all we need. Set us all on fire. would like, be great. Michelle's
2: like, Mar.
3: Let's do
2: a video where you where Let's do the mannequin challenge with just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, you know I gotta stay cool and dark and <laughs> and dead. It's part of the character.
3: Right.
1: <laughs> Let's go to some listener questions. <laughs> Sam McDonald wants to know. Had a farm. That's <laughs> all I can think of. <laughs> He wants to know um, if he still has some pigs on that farm. Yeah. Of his. How did accents and language barriers affect Wrestling Road Diaries 3 while filming or performing matches? Because I, I noticed there were certainly subtitles. a lot of times where there were subtitles. Even for Grado, where it's like, oh, Especially
2: that's a- for... Grado is from Glasgow. Yeah. I'm sorry, Grado's from Scotland, and he's not from Glasgow. He's from two hours away from Glasgow. Oh, wow. Where they have, like, their own language... On its, own. it's kind of funny because he's a star up there. Like, he's on BBC shows and he's on comedy shows. He just sold out two nights in, like, a theater doing his own one-man whatever it was. I was like, "Great, what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. They're writing some shit for me. I was like, oh, yeah, look at you. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I made Jack... So, Jack Edinger, who who edited this and uh, directed it along with me, because I kind of directed while I was on the road, which is kind of interesting for a documentary... Because I'm being in it, and then I'm also I'm also like, grab that. Hey, make sure they they do this. So I'm like kind of half hes directing while I'm doing it. Yeah, and he shot it too. Um he the original one didn't have a lot that many subtitles. I was like, I know this might take an extra twenty minutes, but just put in the subtitles, would you? Mm-hmm. There's one case where he got him wrong. uh it's kind of funny because i I speak Grado now, and I <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah, so uh, the language barrier wasn't too crazy. But, I mean, obviously it's not this, like, beautiful flow of language, but I think that's also the fun of the dichotomy of just we're all from totally different places. Mm -hmm. And the only
1: reason we know each other and have come together and have this bond is because of comedy wrestling. Let me ask you off of that. When you work with somebody for the first time in the ring Mm -hmm. and there's a language barrier or an accent barrier... How difficult does that make it to put together a match and and tell that story? And make sure you're on the same
2: page. Yeah, when I so I not in 2014 I went to Japan like for three months throughout the year, back and forth did four different tours, and you wrestle these guys and they don't speak any English and I don't speak Japanese because I'm so ignorant. I go to their country for ten years and I can't be bothered to learn <laughs> <laughs> just two sentences. <laughs> um, yeah, so it just it just takes a long time. You know, wrestling is like a universal language to all of us, so we get the ideas and like. We can even like, just with like a, a, a movement of our eyes, like, uh, and they'll be like, okay, I got it, mm. which is kind of cool. But for the intricate stuff you do, there's a, you know, it just takes a little longer to kind of walk stu- walk through stuff, but it gets done. And I think because there is that language barrier, we'll, you know, we, we'll go over something like a million times mm. just to make sure that it doesn't get screwed up. Mm. Cool. Very cool. It's a little
1: inside wrestling baseball. Yeah. Thank that's
3: you it. for asking that, Hal, because <laughs> uh, I always wanted to know that as well. Yeah. Well, Hallie on the spot.
1: Thank you. Uh, here, here's a question from Amanda Jane who asks If Price was no object, who would you like to have in a fantasy wrestling road diaries for? Who would you want to have in that with you? If Price, and hi, Amanda. Amanda's a
2: big fan of mine. Yeah. From San Francisco. She's the best. Uh, who would I like to have? I think, well, that's kind of weird because I just, I have my friends in them. Right. That's what I do. So they're already kind of be in it. Um, but if Price was no object, I would, uh, I think I would dig up the corpse of uh, Road Warrior Hawk and do like a Weekend of Bernie's situation. <laughs>
1: yeah. and One or two, because two, you can play music yeah, and we have play, it yeah, walk a, around. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and that was the first dead person I thought of. Um, I don't know, so I don't know why it was Road Warrior Hawk. But I, <laughs> I did it for the laugh.
1: <laughs> I'll take it. there's uh, a broader wrestling question. What is, what is a move that looks like it Maybe doesn't hurt as much as it actually does.
2: Oh, I I took a Canadian destroyer from oh, Adam Cole shit. the other day.
1: Oh boy, and he does that. Yeah, he does wow. it
2: where he jumps off the second and then lands, and then you do the back. Wow. Oh no, thank you. And I was hurting a little bit after that. Uh, I, re- I here's an interesting one. I wrestled Jay Lethal for 45 minutes in Atlanta a couple uh, maybe a month or two ago. And I'm 36, and I've been doing comedy wrestling for a long time. And now all of a sudden, it's like I came back to ROH, and I was kind of doing like a more serious thing. So I'm wrestling like a serious 45-minute battle. (laughs) And so for some reason, like the the, the end of the match was supposed to be like a moonsault with like five seconds left, and then, uh, you know, he kicks out. And like, oh. And so I went up for it, and I heard the time wrong. It was an Iron Man match. Hmm. Uh, And so I did at 30 seconds, I hit that first moonsault, and I was like, Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so on the spot, I was like, "Well, I got. It. How do I fill this time?" I went up and I did two more moon oh, <laughs> no. oh no! And the next week. I couldn't walk. So that was the most devastating move done to myself by myself. (laughs) Was salting three times in a row after 45 minutes. like my hips were just so jarred. And I think it's like your feet come down and your hips just out of line. And I'm almost 40 years old. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what am I doing? So uh, even that kind of stuff where you're not even taking moves, you're doing moves. You know, it can... uh, so you might want to pass on that sometimes. <laughs> Jeez!
1: Now, uh, was there ever a move you wanted to try, either with or on somebody else, that you didn't because it was just too dangerous? Like getting close, or
2: and I talked about this in the movie. Like uh, I initially envisioned myself as like Rob Van Dam or Too Cold Scorpio or some like in my head. I mean, I wasn't that athletic. I couldn't do a a flip of any kind, but I was just like, oh, I'll go to wrestling school. They'll teach me how to do this, and I'll become the greatest high flyer of all time (laughs) as an offensive lineman coming into wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) So I once, at... Uh, wrestling school I tried to do a 450 and that summer Ugh. I was uh, I was a, I was camp counselor for like eight years so I'd go on the diving board and I do uh, like a one and a half and I was like like I think I got it. I think I have the mechanics and I tried it once and like the close I ever came to was like I kind of like hit my feet first and then went on my stomach, which is pretty good but I was never able to get like the confidence that I can like I can nail it in a wrestling match so mm. I wish I wish the 450 in a perfect world. Mm. Sorry
1: to let you down, fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, please get out. Yeah. This is too much. We can't take it anymore. Uh, let's look at WWE for a second, which is what we talk about a lot on the show. Um, wh- how much do you watch their current product? And if if it's not that much, is that out of, uh, I just don't care for what they're putting out? Or, I mean, you're obviously pretty busy, dude.
2: Well, I'm also in a lawsuit with them. So. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, there's that. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: So that'll put a down on me wanting to be like, oh, I love this product.
0: <laughs>
1: Let me support everything they yeah, right, right. will give you a full breakdown. So
2: I do watch, you know, I'll watch my friends when they do something cool. And, like, Kurt Hawkins just went back, and he's a friend of mine. So I definitely want to see his debut. And, like, a lot of those guys, Sigizarro and obviously Owens and Sami Zayn. So, like, I do try to watch their stuff. But to be fair, three hours on a Monday night and then two hours on a Tuesday night and then – 305 live or 205 live and then talk this it's just like i it's so much that like i'm one of these people like either i want to binge watch on this season or i'm not I'm, I'm not a guy who's half in half out on like television outside of wrestling yeah. so to be half in and half out on wrestling that will never end which we know like it will go on forever yeah. it's kind so it's hard for me to like with wwe now that they put on so much it's hard for me to kind of like be all in when there's just so much and I know that's some kind of plan they have but you know I'm sure and I'm sure it's the right plan because they have uh, Harvard nerds going over numbers or whatever you know so
0: <laughs> but, you know you you innovated in podcasts and you also innovated in like merch for mm-hmm. like independent wrestlers you you helped start pro wrestling Tees? yeah I started together with with my friend Ryan who
2: owns one hour Tees. and we just uh, I've forever been the merch guy. And that's because when I quit my real job in 2003, I was like, I'm going to be a full-time wrestler. And I, I did the calculations. I need to make $800 a month. So that was six shows, $100 a show if I could get it, and $50 in merch. So, like, in order to live, I needed to sell merch. And a lot of people weren't that forward-thinking at that time. And then I just, like... That's always been like I need to live I need to eat so I got to like do more I got to supplement this income somehow Mm -hmm. and then uh, Wrestling wrestlers are so late like I was the only one with a merch page selling directly from my house and wrestlers are so lazy Probably just like everybody else in the arts (laughs) that No one wanted to ship (laughs) from their house and sell stuff online And so we put together the idea that like oh you don't have to do anything And pro wrestling teams will just do all of it and we'll give you a sweet cut of the money because I remember like Cafe Press was like, you get a dollar if uh, if you sell something for like 40 bucks. I don't know if you guys remember what? that. Yeah, uh, remember yeah, that. sure. Yeah, so we were like, oh, we're going to do this so wrestlers can make money. We can make money. And that, it's just a win-win for everyone. So uh, it definitely hurt my merch sales mm-hmm. because before there was me and Chris Hero and that was it who was selling merch. And now every single wrestler out there has uh, shirts. But... You know my my bottom line on the uh, teas is, is uh, well enough to make good. Up for <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: uh, speaking to that, so a, a lot of people or or fans in particular see like WWE. This is the ultimate to make it there. That's that's what it's all about. W- with that in mind, what does it mean to you to be one of the biggest names in independent wrestling and like proof that hey, you can make a good living and people will know you and you can be happy? What does that mean to you? Well, I. I, I never thought I would be in the WWE. I,
2: when I was coming into wrestling, like the guys on TV were like Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, just these <laughs> like massive. Six,
0: five, yeah, yeah. 300 pound
2: just, guys. Just gassed to the gills, <laughs> you know?
0: <Yeah. laughs>
2: and I, I, I don't do drugs and I never really wanted to take steroids. It didn't interest me. Like I just, uh, in my head, like I would do one like squirt in the butt and i just
1: f- drop dead. Like, I, <laughs> 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 like knowing my luck, that's how it worked. That's that Jewish fear, I yeah, have that too. That's yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I'm scared of NyQuil so
2: so I just wanted to be a wrestler and I wanted to make a living at wrestling so like I've always had that independent spirit of, like, well, I know I never go there. So, but like, if I could make a wrestling anyway. And so, like, I've proven that it is able to be done. Yeah, of course, we all want to be in WrestleMania. It's nice to do the tour where you go off the, the bus and everybody knows you and you could be a star for a second. But for me, it's more like it's just bigger thinking of, like, I want a long career. I, I want to just be a wrestler. I want to be innovative. I don't want someone telling me I can't do something. And I was there. And, you know, when I was in WWE and I had a WWE.com show called, What's cracking with Scotty Goldman? I wrote all this great material and they like butchered all of it. Mm. And I was just like, that was like the first moment I was like, oh, like if I just did it myself, I wouldn't have to censor myself. And I could say swear words, which are the most funny. You know?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, it's able to be done. Uh, it, and people did it in different ways over the years. It's, it's not about like, hey, you can make money on the independence now. It's just like, hey, you have a, an entrepreneur spirit and you have you know that like you want to do something and work hard you can make it happen it just happens to be in wrestling just i don't think before people realized that you could do it but it's a business and you can you could do it in any business
1: there's money to be made in any business are you working towards a retirement at some point where you know like hey my goal is when i reach 65 let's say I'm going to be done, and I know what... You know. You seem like somebody who's good at calculating. Like, this is how much I need, so here's here's what's coming in right now yeah. from pro wrestling tees, from, from gigs, from my own merch. I'm putting X away, mm-hmm. and I'm building towards yeah towards I'm whatever. the
2: only wrestler who... I got it right away, and it's because I read those stories of all those guys before us who just... You know, Ric Flair, he's the perfect example. Right. Like mm-hmm. how is he broke? He's made eight billion dollars right. over the years. So if I you know, I've made twenty bucks and I've saved nineteen of it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. that's all and that again, I think that's uh that's the Jewish parents uh, letting us know. Yeah, of and, course. And so, yeah, I, that's how I am. But that's just how I'm wired. So, um, and for that reason, people are like, "Oh, Cole's such a
1: smart businessman." It's like, no, I'm just Jewish and a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what's first. Yeah. Your rabbi would be so proud. Before we wrap up this segment, here's a here's another question. Uh, this is from Rosemary Traval. She wants to know what the best prank you've ever pulled on another wrestler is.
2: Mm. I think I told this story on on Mystery Show, uh, but I think it got cut because I, I was on Mystery Show, that Starly Kine podcast, mm-hmm. and it was something about like pulling ribs and they had to figure something out. But um, uh, there was a, I'll leave names out, there was a tall, orange headed Irishman who won <laughs> the uh, <laughs> FCW championship. I hear, I hear bagpipes. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> and he was a guy, he was like overly serious and like, super into it so like i feel he like cried when he won the the developmental title you know like this is it's like come on man <laughs> <laughs> and so me and another wrestler who i won't name but you know uh his favorite number is 10
3: and <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love this game, <laughs> it's <a great> game. <laughs> You're you feel game. so smart too I we uh we took uh the title and we um We clipped it on the very top of the building, which was, like, you know, I don't know, 30 feet (laughs) high. We figured it out. And he couldn't find his title belt. And I was like, this was the biggest day of his life at that point. He had won this (laughs) belt. And he was just, like, blowing the biggest fit. And that's what happens in wrestling. Hmm. Like, when you show your cards... It just makes it even funnier <laughs> like if he just no sold it and did nothing like we would have been like well i guess that wasn't funny <laughs> yeah. to him but he was just like i think he threatened to beat somebody up over it <laughs> and like yeah and so like we were just like everyone was in on it everyone was loving it and uh oh so fun i think a couple of us got in trouble but it was worth it <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: fantastic he was the golden boy at that point you know <laughs> we'll never know yeah. who that mystery wrestler right? was <laughs> <laughs> After a break, we're going to continue our conversation with Kolkata and ask him about some things beyond the wrestling ring. You're listening to Tyson Tanks. Is
2: the
3: newest season of The Great British Bake Off any good? What exactly are furries? What shows should I binge watch on Netflix?
0: What movie should I go see this
3: weekend?
1: Hey, how did Crash win Best Picture? I'm still mad about that. For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Branum, Winter Mitchell, Margaret Wappler, and Oliver Wang. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge. Instead of door busting for a plasma TV this Black Friday, how about you stay in and snag the best deal of all? Max FunCon 2017 tickets. Max FunCon West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June, and Max FunCon East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both go on sale
3: Friday, November 25th, and they're gonna sell out fast. So mark your calendars and visit maxfuncon.com on November 25th to secure your spot. Max Fun Con. Way more fun than a smartwatch or whatever.
0: Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. With me as usual to talk about all things wrestling are. Danielle Radford. And. Mike Eagle. And our special guest. Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Boom, yeah! Boom 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 Boom. boom, 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 boom. Now, wrestlers are usually known for just that, wrestling, but they've usually got a bunch of other things they're interested in because they're human beings, and we also want to hear more about that. So to finish off the show, we're going to talk with Colt Cabana about some of his favorite things beyond the ring in a new segment we're calling Anything But Wrestling. Julian, do you have the theme song for that ready to go? Anything. I think this is Mike's part. Yeah.
0: No, this is is House's part. This is house part. Oh, yeah.
1: Anything but wrestling.
3: Wow, we're
1: talking other
3: things, not wrestling. Put your wrestling questions
1: away. Get them away. Oh. Away. <laughs> away.
2: Get them away. Get them away.
1: Now for the rules. These questions can be tangentially related to the culture of wrestling as long as it's not yeah. about what actually happens in the ring or the wrestler's career.
2: Well, if I knew what that meant, I would follow those rules.
1: I don't know either, but we're, we're going to find out. Uh, tangentially? I wrestled a guy named Tangentially <laughs> once.
2: <laughs>
1: he was huge. He was from the UK. And now... He was a luchador, actually. Yeah. He was buried next to Hawk. Colt. <laughs> this is from Twitter. Artsy RJ asks, what's the strangest thing you've ever seen on the L train in Chicago? Hmm. And I do take the take
2: the blue line to uh, O'Hare every single nice. uh
0: yeah. I used to I used to graffiti bomb the hell out of that tree. Really? Yes. <laughs> what is graffiti bombing? <laughs> oh, bombing is just well, graf- bombing is graffiti, but when you're How it gets woke? <laughs> yeah. How it gets woke. woke? Black national anthem time. Let's do it. <laughs> Lift every heart. <laughs> Boy, sensing. But well, yeah, I used to scratch bomb that that blue line mm. constantly. And maybe
2: I've seen your work.
0: Uh, drone was my old tag name, oh, so yeah. maybe yeah. Ooh. I used to scratch a lot of glass. Some of it's still up 20 years later, horrifyingly.
2: <laughs> I
0: I don't even know. I've seen some weird stuff, definitely, and I've
2: smelled some weird stuff. Okay. Oh, That's always when it's just like you walk in and you know like a homeless dude just dropped a deuce in there, <laughs> and like there's still 40 people on the train just like all – like trying to pretend and like no selling that it doesn't smell fucking god awful. <laughs>
3: That's
0: a hard no sell. Right? Mm. Jeez.
2: And then every time you watch a new person come out, like,
0: oh, <laughs> looking around at everybody else. Yeah. Is it just me? Yeah. My building?
1: <laughs> at that point, you don't want to ruin it for the person coming on. You have to act like it doesn't smell That's at all. That's why everyone together. Yeah, it's like an improv to. group, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're all yes-ending. We are all yes anding we do not even know it. <laughs> right. And you didn't know it, but it was somebody from improv everywhere that took a shit on <laughs> that <laughs> train. <laughs> the theater's around us, man. You're in the stage and in the audience all at once. Uh, <laughs> here's another question from Amanda Jane. Uh, what's your cheat day meal? Pizza. Okay. Deep dish. Mm-hmm. I love pizza. You know what? I'm like more like, this will get me
2: the word from uh, Chicago, which I don't know because it's a big word. Exiled? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm more of a
0: New York like oh, thin crust kind wow. of guy. Oh, that is wow. quite controversial. Mm-hmm. It might be the Jeez. hottest of hot takes we've got today.
1: Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope that doesn't show up on Reddit tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Scandal. This is scandalous. All right. Uh, what is your favorite piece of memorabilia that you have in your studio? Apartment. I have a permanently
2: borrowed uh, WWF uh, turnbuckle.
1: I saw that on your wall in the documentary
2: (laughs) and I wanted to know about it. Is there a story there? Well, I permanently borrowed it (laughs) while I was employed with the
1: WWE. And then they fired me, and I was like, well, I was going to get this back, but now I got it's (laughs) mine forever. Did you get it from some, like, warehouse of antiquities where the Ark of the Covenant is kept? There used to be, in
2: OVW, they used to just, that was like they'd just ship all the stuff to kind of store stuff there when they ran out of storage. And it was just, uh, every day I'd go to practice, and every day I'd see it, and it'd just be like, uh, like, my childhood, you know, like, I just pictured Big John Stud being thrown into that, like, uh, turnbuckle. And I was like, I want it so bad.
0: <laughs> and now it's mine. Did you have to ask anybody when you grabbed it? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Full permission.
3: They don't work there anymore, though. I don't think they even have a name. But Yeah,
2: they definitely filed the paperwork and everything. <laughs> but, you know, who knows where they put it. You know? It's
1: a real house of cards situation. They just disappeared off the grid. Yeah. We can't say where they are. Mm. All right, CrassPants on Twitter. Great what did you name. call
2: me? Oh, that, sorry. Kr-
1: you, listen here, CrassPants. Yeah. This is no nonsense. CrassPants <laughs> wants to know which rap music video you'd like to live inside. Ooh. Ooh, man.
2: Oh, um, yeah, the one I keep on thinking of, I think... Oh, I don't know. Like it's like a like a Germain Dupree where they're all by the uh by the pool.
0: Oh, money ain't a thing. Is probably.
2: that what I think it's, it's money ain't a, a thing? Yeah, yeah, that seemed like the right one to be
0: in. Yeah. <laughs> that part looks like it went on forever. Yeah. Pumps and
3: bumps also would have been a good one to be in. Which oh, one? No. That's the MC Hammer one when he was on Death Row.
0: But that's when he's wearing the biker shorts and his penis is clearly visible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to live in that one. You don't Yeah, live- there's there's better pool party. <laughs> He would be known as
2: one. the Jimmy Snooker of the rap game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the yeah. Mr. Perfect. Remember, his penis would always be popping yeah. out. I mean, it, I think it's
0: more like a Biggie Langston situation, no, like, like or, you know, or Biggie now, where it's just like very, just there all the time. Oh, it's is just, that a thing? Oh, Biggie's penis is just there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is just there. Yeah.
2: Can you verify that? <laughs> his
3: penis lives out loud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, they've made it part of storyline.
3: Yeah, I was going to say.
0: Yeah, it's
2: unavoidable. I feel unlike Snook and Mr. Perfect. I bet he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah,
2: for the laugh, I feel.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> looking at you in the eye
1: too, like, right? <laughs> you
3: know, you look at <laughs> no, my eyes are up here. Oh,
1: I can't wait for Penises Living Out Loud. It'll be on Fox this fall. <laughs> it's it's really fantastic. The pilot's on uh, Hulu. Check Starring it out. Me,
0: AJ Styles penis. <laughs> <laughs> you might have known me earlier for being AJ Styles poop. Yeah,
1: uh, we have the same accent. <laughs> Well, they are from the same neighborhood. Uh, I, have, I have a question for you, then I'm going to turn it over to my co-hosts, see if they have any questions. Um, who – is there somebody you've wanted to get for Art of Wrestling that you've not been able to book yet? Do you have, like, a dream guest there? I kind of – mostly have been just all my friends.
2: Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, that's a question that I, I kind of get a lot. And the, I'll, I'll give the scenario. Robbie Brookside, who's a trainer and NXT – uh, I've known him for years now when I used to travel in Germany and England and he's one of these guys who's kind of aloof. And I did this thing where I went down to the performance center for three weeks in a row and they were trying me out as a commentator and then uh, weirdly enough the day after uh, Punk and WWE no longer were partners they gave me a call and said ah, I don't think we're going to go with the announcing thing anymore <laughs> I was like oh that's a coincidence isn't it they're like no 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 I was like yeah okay uh, <laughs> so but Robbie was a guy and he's just he's got this weird mentality where he just kind of puts stuff off so like I went down there three straight weeks he's like yeah let's do it let's do it and they're just like we never were able to do it and uh, I think he's just an amazing amazing fat he's just right he in my and my show is not about these giant stars it's about these great stories mm-hmm. yeah and I'll make a recommendation any listener out there if you go on YouTube and you, and you look up um, the Brookside Diaries they were done for the BBC in 1993 and it's kind of like the original Wrestling Road Diaries and he took a camera with him and he traveled uh, England uh, you know and they documented it it's so cool to see and you see like all these like PN News is there mm. and you see um you see Paige's dad wrestling and you just, it's so cool to see what that world was like. And he's lived like, he's like, he's like one of the true, like independent alternative dude who really gets it. And so that's why he's a guy that like, I desperately kind of wanted on, but, uh, probably will, you know, I don't know now that he's with that company and I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> maybe not for a while, <laughs> yeah, for a let's way. be hopeful. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Mike, Danielle,
2: um, your name is Mike Danielle. It is. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. It is.
0: That just happened right now. But I feel His very actual name is Scott. Yeah, see? So it, feels like,
3: it feels like home, right?
0: Scott Mike Danielle. Scott Mike Danielle. SMD. I like it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting in the film how it is to people from three different cultures, but uh, the style of comedy wrestling translates because it's a lot of um, physical movement and facials and all of that. But have you ever encountered a crowd that was just, like, so big where it didn't work, where they couldn't they couldn't be close enough to understand?
2: And that's why I love, like, what I do. It's, like, the intimacy. And you're right. And and I always say that, like, independent wrestling is so amazing because you can go to an arena show and you're watching a show. You come to an independent show and you're part of a show. Right, right. And so it is, like, and Brookside's another guy where they said, they, like the thing on him, the label on him was he'll always be an intimate wrestler. And intimate I, wrestler, and I always that
0: sounds so hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 they always said it like a bad thing, and then eventually, when I started like to really realize like how much like I was deep inside it, and I was like, no, that's a great thing. Yeah, you know, it's but it's just obviously the money won't be as amazing as it would be in front of uh, twenty thousand people or whatever. But you do get to do you know that's what you do. I'm I'm a great wrestler in front of twenty to. 750 people and over that yes it gets lost a lot mm-hmm. and it's almost not as fun it's i mean, i did a show I, there was a weekend where i like one show i wrestled in front of i think like 2300 people and then literally the next day i was in front of 100 and i just had so much mm-hmm. more fun in front of those 100 people and to the to anybody like listening outside the perspective of that it just sounds crazy but I mean, you get it. Like, yeah. it was just the vibe of the the show was so fun.
0: I mean, it's it's similar with me. Like, I do a style of rap music that is uh, more, I don't know, it's more personal. So if you put me on stage at a festival, I mean, it's great. I love doing that. But it's just me on stage, you know <laughs> what I mean? And if you're all the way back in the field, it, it's not the same as experiences. If we're in, like, a club that hosts 250 people, and we're all kind of right on top of each other, like, feeling the same energy. Experience yeah. in a moment together. Yeah, exactly,
3: together, yeah. Yeah. Um, my question, um... Danielle Mike is your name. (laughs) Yeah, my uh, my name is Danielle Mike Scott. um, (laughs) I'm in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you, you mentioned, um, going on the road and doing some comedy. Do you remember your first joke at all? Or the first kind of... Um,
2: I, so I I have a joke now that, well, yeah, the first joke I, I think I, the first bit I wrote was about Jim Ross. Uh, I was watching wrestling and then my, um... And then, in this scenario, my uh, roommate came home, so I turned down... uh, I'm sorry. I'll start that over again. This is how good at comedy was. It was Monday night. I was watching porn, Mm. and then... On the background, I had wrestling on. My roommate came home. I turned down the volume on my porn because I didn't want him to hear me watching porn. And then I was like, and then the next thing you know, Jim Ross is commentating my porno. Oh, <laughs> and it makes perfect sense. A uh, pile driver, uh, slobber knocker, you know. And so that was my uh, that was my first bit. But my first joke that I open up with now was is. Um, um, that my uh, uh, this girl that I was seeing, um, she's uh, she's been having problems, and she's like Colt. I've hit rock bottom. I don't know what to do next. I go, that's easy. The people's elbow. Uh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. cute. right? That's that cute. very cute. That's, a that's joke. cute. Oh,
2: that's like no. a dad wrestling that is, joke. That is a <laughs> dad joke. I love
3: that. No, that's great.
2: And I am a dad joke yeah. guy. <laughs> I, I, love don't a dad joke. I don't wanna be.
3: I don't want to be, but you I've just grow up it. and you grow into a dad yeah, joke. No, no. I love being a dad it. joke. Just own it. That's
1: all you can do. You can't fight it. Mm. Well, dad joker extraordinaire, Colcavana. Right. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Uh, tell everybody uh, everybody who's listening who doesn't know where they can find you, where they can watch your new film. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram at Colt Cabana.
2: I am, uh, my website is coltcabana.com. I have a podcast, The Art of Wrestling. We talk to different wrestlers. I, we. Who's this we? I don't know. Me. I talk to different wrestlers every single week. Uh, this movie, The Wrestling Road Diaries, is available at coltmerch.com, one, two, and three. And also, I travel around the world. I do shows. My next comedy show is the weekend before Thanksgiving at North Bar in Chicago. I'm sorry, the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Uh, th- um, because that's a party night, and I'm not a big partier, and I know a lot of wrestling. Like, we want to, like we get the idea like, oh, there's a party night, but the wrestling fans are like, oh, I don't want to. So we'll have, we'll throw the party. Myself and Marty DeRosa, comedian extraordinaire, uh, we do a show called Unprofessional Wrestling. It's the same one I do at The Fringe, <laughs> where we watch shitty wrestling. I got like a thousand clips,
1: and we just uh, <laughs> we
2: riff over it. We make jokes, and it's so much fun.
1: Oh, that's I fantastic. I want to see that. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Really. I really want to see that. Well, that does it for this week on Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal <laughs> Lublin, our producer and secret soldier from beyond the glass is Julian Burrell. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Guys, Colt is dying. Colt, we'll miss you. All right. Say hello to Hawk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. If you're gonna be in Chicago on February 11th, come see us at Very Very Fun Day. We'll be there along with all sorts of other Max Fun podcasts, like Judge John Hodgman the mm-hmm. Flophouse, and tons more. You're not going to be there, are yeah, I got are you? invited, but I'm going to be in Japan. I'm oh, so no, sorry. Boo. Well, if you're not going to be in Japan, you can get all the details at maximumfun.org slash very, very fun day. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights
0: podcast. Tights and Fights.